Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Offensive Masterminds, running an outside zone on your intelligence. John Granado and Lance Zerline. Welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Old friend of the show, Tex Ags, Billy Lucci, joining us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He is uh, featured prominently, prominently in the new Untold Johnny Manziel documentary. Luch, what's up? <laughs> nothing, nothing, Johnny. Miss you guys, and when Lance texted me, I was like, yeah. <laughs> they finally bumped Jimbo for me. <laughs> Don't worry, Jimbo stopped showing up at the end of the year. Yeah, Jimbo just said, I'm going out with like, them guys no more. Hey, I was happy that you were part of this because, you know, behind the scenes, you knew Johnny as well as anyone. I'm curious, did you feel one of the things I thought that was missing from the documentary a little bit was former players. I would have liked to have heard what a former player had to say about Johnny Manziel, whether it was, well, certainly with the Aggies, but maybe with Cleveland Browns too, but certainly an Aggie player or two. We know Johnny's ups and downs at Texas A&M. Um, what, what did his teammates think of him in year one and then year two? I'm talking about, you know, when he played his redshirt freshman year and then his last year as a redshirt sophomore. Oh, that's really interesting. Lance, I mean, he, Johnny, and, and the one guy I recommended to them, uh, you know, because you got to remember where they where they come in. I know Ryan, who's one of the producers, you know, he's a Boston guy. I think, uh, you know, a couple of people at the top of, you know, Boston, particularly Ryan, who did it. So they watched it. He remembered Johnny as a player, but they watched it from really afar. Um, it's not like A&M just reaches out and says, hey, do this, 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 and this. And I don't think Johnny even said, hey, pick this person, this person, and this person from talking to Ryan. So they kind of came in and just figured it out as they went. So, the, you know, they asked me for some names, and I actually, you know, uh, someone wasn't going to be in it. And no, you guys know Sammy. You can see why he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have done that, so they broke out that beautiful footage of me from like 2012 interviewing him to get to get the summon quotes. But I recommended Cliff. I thought Cliff would do a good job, which he did. And uh, Mike Evans was the guy. I said um, I think it was a little late in the game for them to grab Mike. But I mean, John, look, Johnny was in Mike's wedding. Um, those players loved him. And the one story I always tell, just to give you. An idea, and he's still really close with a lot of them. They, he was, uh, he was the ringleader. Like, I mean, just like he was, you know, he'd be in on a a party scene or something like that. He was that way with with a football team too. Number one, we all watched him, so you know the guys believed he'd lead them to win, and he was the best player on the field. But number two, he's just like a dude's dude. You know, in whatever he's doing, whether it's at Kerrville, whether it's, you know, on a hunting trip, whether it's out, you know, in Vegas or whether it's on the football field, what he didn't do is go to a lot of workouts. So I just remember that summer before his second year, he had been gone 
probably on the autograph circuit. I know he was in Toronto for like two weeks. It was like their version of like the street carnival, big party week up there. He was up there uh, with Drake's group, group of friends and that whole crew. Um, and he gets back, and I was I just happened to be there the day he got back. I had done an interview. I was over there by you know where the team was doing voluntary workouts, so I kind of watched. He shows up wearing just some you know pants and a t-shirt and tennis shoes. The whole team mobs him. This is a guy that's essentially missed the entire summer workouts, which you know how that goes in a locker room. Like most times, like oh, you show up now, like yeah. They stop. They stop voluntary seven on seven. Everyone mobs him. The whole thing stops. They run over there. Next thing I know, he's out there, uh, you know, quarterback in one of the teams throwing passes to Mike and the guys in his in his uh, khaki skinny jeans and tennis shoes. Five minutes later, so yeah, they loved him. And the, the thing nobody knows about is I just remember the first time I went up there to a game in Cleveland and. Uh, Got to his house and he's big buddies with, you know, Joe Hayden and, and, uh, trying to think who the other, oh, you know, Josh Gordon, you know, obviously that, Ooh, you yeah. say that name and you're like, that's trouble. But I mean, they're, those are two of their three best players at the time. And you hear him on Joe Thomas's podcast. It doesn't sound like Joe Thomas hated him. Uh, it was just, you know, Josh McCown, you interview Josh about him, see what he thinks. So, he was a good teammate. The guy he sabotaged most was himself. And maybe that would have been different had he started for the Browns and then, you know, done all that and just completely, you know, derailed everybody's season. But I think because he was so young and everybody knew from the jump he wasn't ready to play, maybe it didn't affect, you know, there, there wasn't that animosity there that you would expect. Yeah. Billy Lucci with us here, TexAgs.com. Yeah, they went back to you. I think they were talking about the Alabama game. They did it showed a clip of you. You were a lot bigger then, which is just proof uh, that you weren't running around doing blow with Johnny at that time. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was about to say, here comes eight now, yeah. Renato. Again, no, it's yeah. Thank you, John. No, I'm just saying. I, mean, I'm t- I read that. that was... I read that on uh, the various message boards. Oh, when I lost, I lost weight and I got too skinny, but I was just in like the best shape I'd ever been in. And I'm reading on the message board, man, all that years of doing blow is really taking a toll. I'm like, I'm the last person. Anybody that knows me would just crack up at that. And, and I have to don't, read that every year. I'm like, don't oh, worry, John's first. backhand but, compliment no, was coming. That was don't a worry. Compliment. You, John. It was obviously. I know you're obvious. not doing blow. <laughs> you're, it was obvious you weren't doing blow back then. You was big then. So, I could have looked like I was like smoking a lot of weed or something, like just the munchies every night. Uh, so it was a pretty. I thought I thought it was pretty. It didn't tell. You know a lot more stories. I mean, there are a lot of yeah. stories. You mentioned Summy. I've talked to Summy about a lot of this stuff. Cliff and Jake. I mean, they've got yeah. so many stories about John. But poor I thought. Jake. But I thought. It, <laughs> poor, I know, yeah, poor I've Jim. got one that. Yeah. Hey, before I've got one that makes me just go, poor Jake. Yeah. But anyway, no, me too. It, but 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 I thought it was pretty. I thought it was. It told the story pretty. And Johnny was pretty uh, honest about his, the problems that he had. At oh, the he's time. very honest. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he, you know, he called me multiple times before this came out. Um, he 
came up from Houston one night, and I knew he just wanted to talk about it because his concern was like he wanted to do the balancing act of telling the real story and making it good, but not. I think he believes that, you know, Johnny loves A&M, and people sometimes forget that. he, you know, And, and if you get him talking about Coach Sumlin, he doesn't sit there and trash Coach Sumlin at all. He told me one time, he's like, I don't, couldn't imagine what I put Coach Sumlin through. He said, imagine being a head football coach and walking into a, a, a club in Miami after the ESPYs and looking over and your star quarterback is in the booth with Rick Ross and, and every rapper, you know, in the country. And that's your freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he's 30 feet away from you. He's like, could you, he's like, could you even imagine? And, uh, so he, he just wanted to do it right by A&M. I think he thinks, you know, ultimately he's an Aggie. And when he, when, when, when the time is right, he wants to be able to, you know, in some capacity. And he's already talked to Ross Bjork and some people here, like in whatever capacity to come back and just kind of help the cause and use his notoriety to do that. You yeah. guys know that happens everywhere with some of these biggest of name people. And he wants to do that one day and be a part of A&M. So he, he was nervous because, like, but you also have to tell the truth and you have to, that that documentary has to hit hard or why else do it. Um, but I talked to him last night, and he's he called me just really – he had been waiting for me to watch it and called me really positive. But he was just like, man, he just feels like this is uh, – the story's been told. And he was like, it was legendary stuff, and now I can, you know – kind of officially close that. Not that he, you know, look, we know better than think he's not going to keep having fun or doing, you know, being social and all that. But just, he said, I wanted to tell that story and kind of close that, that chapter. And he's like, no one can ever take it away as legendary. No, stuff. it but was. And it changed. It felt good to get it out. It changed the perception of A&M. Like, I thought you guys did a really, I thought the documentary did a really good job of capturing, you know, how A&M at the time, I remember this being a big talking point for me is I was happy A&M broke away from Texas. I thought they deserved that. And then <clears throat> for everyone who said they were going to get smashed in the very first year out of the box, the performances like that, what Johnny did with, I'm a Southwest Conference kid, so watching yeah. you know, what he did for the facilities and the money, there's no question about that. You got the college Johnny, you got the pro Johnny, they're two totally separate things. Something that does concern me a little bit right now is, you know, the fact that he's never made amends with uh, Uncle Nate, who at the time we knew he was the goofball, but I didn't know he was the, the willing fall guy for Johnny. The yeah. fact that they've never talked to him was a little bit surprising. But also, you know, I do worry when his sister at the end said Johnny's still not ready to really do anything. He's not where he needs to be in it. And I just I felt I felt kind of worried for the guy that he's you know, yeah. you feel like there's still some steps that he needs to take in his life to get where he needs to to get and i just wonder if that's going to happen yep i i do too and you're right you're you're dead on lance and mary obviously is too but he what i look at with with johnny is how far he's come in like the last five years with all that and it's it's if you just dropped him off five years ago and put him today i would have said there's no way he'd be here um so he just needs to keep i i think keep going he's got some good friends you know that care about him out in you know scottsdale and he, you know he's reconnected with his dad i've had 
dinner with him, his sister, and his mom. Uh, I guess it was last fall. Um, I think the family thing's good, which is very, it's incredibly important to him. I think the A&M relationship is good, and I think that's something that was really on his mind with this. And it was on a lot of Aggies' minds, too, because they're like, gosh, we don't know anything about Johnny and, and what, you know, what's this, how's this going to reflect? And I think he was really, like, just relieved after he saw it, and that was kind of what he wanted to hear my take on. And I told him, man, listen, a couple days ago I said, I talked to him. Ross Bjork called me on Saturday and just said, I thought the documentary was great. He's like, it was one of the best ones. And that, that he was like, that's all I wanted to hear. Didn't you know, that? like, he, he that's what that concerned him. Those are the things he really cares about. And I think it's been, it's been weighing on him. And I think a big step towards doing what you said, Lance, and getting mentally to where he wants to be was to get this story out there and it not blow up his relationships in his life. And on a side note, I actually got a call from Uncle Nate yesterday. I hadn't heard from him in, in years, not for any reason, just because, you know, I knew him through Johnny. Um, and he, you know, he said they've been communicating since filming the doc. So that kind of yeah. opened up the line of communication between them. So that was good to hear. Weren't you worried? Because you said, I mean, and you got a relationship with Johnny, and you were just telling the truth. But before you, uh, did you talk to Johnny and say, listen, I'm going to tell the truth, but, you know, well, you know we're going to still be boys, right? It, 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 you, you, were, you were brutally honest in a lot of things. Yeah, you know what? I, it's just like you two guys, right? Or if y'all were doing something with Yanni or, you know, like Chet, you, you, you know people that well. I, I'm, to, this is a thousand percent honest. They asked me to do the documentary on, on a, Saturday at the game, I guess they saw me give his induction video, not speech, but video for that Hall of Fame Friday night. They asked me Saturday during the game, and they said, we could fly you out to L.A., and I said, sure. And then on Sunday they called and said, hey, since we're here, can we maybe just come by your office Monday morning? And I was like, oh, gosh, you know, because I'm worried about my hair, John. You know, I had got the weight thing under control, and I was worried about my hair So because I couldn't wear a hat. So I was like, yeah. Well, so they get I'd be me worried in about it, Monday too. Morning. Big I wavy hair. Told- he's got big wavy hair. You gotta, you, if you need Doc Linville, who can help you out on that deal. But, but well, he's got the yeah, hair. He's good volume. with that. But no, nobody, nobody, uh, Johnny never, b- before I did it, we didn't talk. So he didn't tell them about me. They saw me do that, that speak during that video and probably said that well, we need him to talk and then uh they didn't I'm know you Johnny, guys were that tight well they knew i gave his induction speech and they came up to me when at halftime when he and i were sitting on the bench you know during halftime just sitting there with a couple of his former well mike evans was sitting there and another former team we were just all sitting there talking um so they knew we were tight but i don't think they knew i'm sure they asked whether it was him or his dad or somebody but Johnny and I didn't talk about me being on the dock because he left the next day on Sunday. I did it on Monday. There were people around Sunday when we had lunch. So I didn't want to bring it up, make them think that they weren't going to be in it or whatever. And uh, so he left town. We didn't talk for a couple weeks, just like normal. And I don't even know when it was that. I feel like we were all hanging out one time. And somebody said something about the documentary. He's like, I don't know. He's like, Lucci's in it. And I was just sitting there and I said, yeah. 
It just we it just never even came up. He didn't ask me to say or not say anything. And when you know somebody well enough, I knew like I knew how he was going to be in the documentary. So I knew like you know, there's we'll tell some stories here yeah. mm-hmm. and be be honest about. It. I, I, Johnny wants people to know like kind of the truth about what he was going through then and and probably even more so the Cleveland stuff. I think if if he could have had another hour to do it, he probably would have gone even deeper into that. Yep. Yeah, I thought I thought it didn't go that deep. And I I thought there was I felt like the documentary could have gone twenty more minutes easily. Easily. Yeah. There was a a lot more stories out there. Hey we got to break it here, Luch. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh old old good friend of the show. Come to town and we'll uh, we'll do it in studio. Yeah, let's do it and do that and go eat or something. All right, pal. There's Billy Lucci with Bye. us right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Untold Johnny Football.